I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Good morning. Welcome to Point Spread Sunday here on VSEN, the sports betting network. As we finish out the Elite Eight, get set for the Final Four. Look forward to the College Basketball National Championship game as well. We have a big NBA slate this afternoon. Some games in the NHL. We'll even look towards football and baseball futures here. It is Point Spread Sunday. Good morning. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you so much for joining me here. Greg Hoops-Peterson will join us as well as Ian McMillan. We have a lot to get to today uh, to round out the Final Four. Two more games this evening into the night as we get set for uh, the, the finality of the Elite Eight and the College Basketball Final Four coming up here, and it was an interesting day yesterday. And I don't do this often, but it is it does bear worth saying that if you listen to Point Spread Saturday and you followed us yesterday, we're going to bring up the graphic of the four picks that we made yesterday and a clean sweep for us between the two games in college hoops. We had Villanova plus two in the under in Houston. Villanova easily cashes as well. And then we tailed Duke uh, in the first half and in the game. And the Duke Blue Devils uh, did their job yesterday over Arkansas. So we had a 4-0 day. And if you followed along with us, we hope you cashed some tickets as well. But it was, a, it was a good show and a good afternoon for a good morning yesterday for us. That led into a good afternoon. And I do want to recap yesterday because it bears worth re- repeating that, you know, I, I say this all the time to people as, you know, the sports gambling space starts to grow more and more. And you see more and more people out there on social media throwing out picks and everything else. I always tell people the pick means nothing unless I understand the process and how you got there. And I do want to recap the process from yesterday because I think it, it, it's, it's important to understand why we made the selections that we made. And the Houston Villanova game literally went exactly as the way that we said it was going to go yesterday on the show. You know, I talked about pace defining that game. And because the total was set so low, I said odds makers were telling me that this game was going to be an under, that this game was going to go slow, that it wasn't going to be high scoring, and that it was going to favor Villanova. And all those things, you know, bared out throughout the entire 40 minutes of that basketball game. We focused so much on the free throws, and that was the big deciding factor for me backing Villanova, and that came to fruition as Villanova went 15 of 15 from the free throw line, and ultimately that was one of the big things that made the difference in that game. 
Also, Houston was bad shooting. I mean, it was one of their worst shooting nights of the tournament, and certainly that had a huge effect on it. They went one for 20 from three, and that's never going to get it done in any of those games. Yes, I want to give credit to Villanova's offense, but Houston didn't make shots. But I think one of the biggest things as to why Houston lost yesterday, and it was an area that we had focused on, and I told you was a big concern for me in backing Villanova, was the rebounding. Houston was one of the best rebounding teams in the country. They were long. They're athletic. You know, they certainly had size advantage over Villanova. And the offensive rebounds were a huge thing for Houston all season long. Villanova had the same number of rebounds as Houston did in the game. And that was something I don't think a lot, enough analysts focused on yesterday as to why Houston lost this game. They did not win the rebounding advantage. They did not have a ton of second chance points. That was the area they were supposed to have a decided advantage over Villanova, and they didn't take advantage of it. I get that going one for 20 from three is detrimental to you winning a basketball game. I get when you average 80 points a game and you only score 44, it's detrimental to you winning a basketball game. But I still focus on that more than I do the one for 20 or even Houston's lack of free throw shooting ability which had they made 80% of their free their their uh, free throws they, they they might have been in a tie ball game and headed to overtime so you know they left some points out there certainly but for me the, the rebounding was the big thing and I will stop and give credit to Villanova as much as Villanova and no one's saying this Villanova shot awful yesterday they were bad offensively but I kept saying as I was watching the game as much as Villanova was missing shots, Jay Wright had to be sitting there on the sidelines with his arms folded going, I love this. This is the exactly the game that I want to play. The, Villanova is comfortable in these ugly, slow defensive games. It's where they are, are, are their best. Uh, Villanova constantly, I, I call them momentum thieves, but they and they constantly steal the momentum. Every time Houston went on this little run and got it to within four, you know, or got it to within one possession, what does Villanova do? Goes right down, makes a big three, gets a, gets a bucket, you know, gets out in transition. They just constantly stole the momentum back from Houston on a routine basis in that game last night. Uh, and they go on to the final four. Congrats to Jay Wright and the Villanova Wildcats. Third final four in the last six years. You know, this has truly become one of the most notable programs in a blue blood program in college basketball. And, and they earned every bit of this. And, and it's going to be interesting whether they get Miami or Kansas. And we'll talk about these games, obviously coming up on the show, whether they get Miami or Kansas, they're going to face another offensive powerhouse and their defense is going to be on full display. Uh, and if Villanova is going to win a national championship, they're going to have to go through uh, some major offensive teams, unless, of course, St. Peter's ends up in the uh, national final uh, stop traffic. So, but nonetheless, between UNC and Duke, if it's one of those two teams, again, UNC, Duke, Kansas, Miami, these are all teams that can score and score a lot. And so uh, you're going to see a Villanova team, if they're going to win this thing, it's certainly going to earn it because they're going up against some of the best offensive teams in the country. So again, Villanova gets us home yesterday. The under comes in as well. In the Arkansas-Duke game, another game that went exactly kind of as we handicapped coming in. Uh, you know, Arkansas's poor shooting and, and under below, below average shooting, I should say. I don't want to call it poor, but it was below average. Uh, caught up with them, and it caught up with them against a team that shoots the ball really well. And we talked about that. J.D. Note yesterday, uh, yeah, again, does not have a great shooting game. You know, Gonzaga, when Arkansas beat Gonzaga, that was a team that shot 52% from the field. They shoot 37% in the game, and Arkansas wins it. That wasn't happening with Duke. They weren't going to shoot 37%. Um, they're a very high percentage shooting team, and that came to fruition. Um, you know, you talk about defensively, statistically, how these teams were. Arkansas's offense just couldn't keep up. Uh, we took Duke in the first half, and I was kind of nervous, and I was texting with our producer, Matt Never, and I'm like, you know, uh, of course Arkansas is going to have their best shooting half in the first half of this game, and they did, uh, as they shot 43% in the first half of that game, but it just goes to show you how good of a shooting team Duke is because they shot 43% and Duke shot near 50 and was still able to walk in a halftime. I think it was with a six or an eight. It was actually a 12-point lead. They had a three at the buzzer. Um, and so they covered that, that two-point spread, that one-and-a-half, two-point spread easily uh, at, in the first half. And that, to me, is what we saw from Arkansas. They just the, the one flaw I think we saw, and this will be, I think, a theme that we're going to see today as well, the flaws that you have at this point in the tournament, you might be able to escape them from one, two, or three games or work your way around them because of other things, but they sort of get exposed when you have to get them tested game in and game out against high-level talent and high-level teams in the tournament. Houston's poor free-throw shooting finally caught up with them. Arkansas's field goal shooting finally caught up with them. They were not able to keep up 
with a Duke team that was able to push the pace and score as well as they were. And oh, by the way, for people who took the under yesterday uh, or the over, it was uh, kind of gut-wrenching to see where it ended. The total ends at 147, uh, and I think we had a posted total there of 148. Um, it was uh, it was a sweat for, for people who were on the total one way or another, hoping something was going to happen at the end. So I think if you ended up getting the under, depending on uh, what price you got or what number you got it at, rather, uh, you ended up having a good day uh, with the under. But it was one that you thought certainly was going over, especially the way the first 20 minutes of that game went. So you get Duke moving on. Congrats to Coach K. Uh, gets to the Final Four in his final year. And you have to believe, you know, even even as we start looking forward to uh, the national semifinal, the national final, that uh, the, the amount of motivation that team has uh, to get Coach K to a national championship in his final year is, is at an ultra high level. And, you know, the other thing about Duke, too, that's going to be really interesting to see is their size, their length, their athleticism is off the charts. And their defense has gotten better. It's, it's, it really has. I mean, save the, the game against Michigan State in this tournament where they allowed Michigan State in the second round to shoot 50% from three uh, and score in the high 70s. I didn't even think they got to 80. I don't remember the final score of that game, but regardless, um, their defense is actually locked up. It's gotten a lot better. It was my biggest concern for Duke going into the tournament. You saw through the ACC tournament, that defense was not good for Duke. But against Cal State Fullerton, they locked down. You know, um, They locked down in, in the Sweet 16 game. And then again last night, against Arkansas. So you're starting to see this Duke team round out in the form a little bit and starting to play their best basketball at the right time. And I was texting with a buddy of mine last night. I said, Duke's going to win this whole thing, man. He's like, yep, they are. The way they're playing right now, I don't know uh, if you're going to see a team be able to hang with them. And, and really, how much will the next week off for them really change them? I, I think sometimes we forget, you know, all the momentum you established in winning these games going forward. Uh, sometimes get lost in a week off. Uh, and, and a lot of betters make that mistake going from round one and round two into the Sweet 16. Oh, they played so great. They played so great. Yeah, well, the competition was this and it was that. And it was back-to-back -back games and preparation. Now you have a week off uh, and teams have a chance or four or five days off to prepare for you going forward. So it certainly changes things. Um, but, you know, Duke is going to watch closely this UNC game. And I, I guarantee you, they're probably hoping for UNC. One, for a revenge factor for what happened in the final game at Cameron Indoor. And two, the familiarity, I think, absolutely is in Duke's favor. Uh, you don't want, they don't want St. Peter's right now. As much as they are an athletically superior team on every front, um, it, it does not matter. Uh, I think Duke uh, would rather face UNC than St. Peter's uh, for a variety of reasons. And, and I think familiarity is a big part in that. So uh, we'll, we'll see how the rest of, of the Elite Eight today. Uh, of course, coming up next, we're going to handicap both St. Peter's UNC and Miami, Kansas. Uh, and, and it should be a fun day's worth of games. And uh, we'll see if the Cinderella story for the St. Peter's Peacocks can continue uh, and be the first 15 seed to ever make a Final Four. Say that out loud so you can hear it. Uh, because it's just not something that happens uh, ever, <laughs> period. So uh, coming back, we'll do that. Uh, we've got some NFL odds to get into before the end of the first hour. Greg Hoops-Peterson is going to join us as well. Still plenty to do here. It is a wonderful Sunday morning here on the East Coast. Thank you for getting up and spending it with me. I'm Mark Zinno. Follow me on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. You're watching and listening to Point Spread Sunday here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. 
Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSAN, the sports betting network. Look your best and draft your best with the Just for Men March Basketball Series. Draft a winning lineup in two free-to-play contests for your shot at a share of $10,000 in total prizes. Head to DraftKings.com, JFM, slash JFM to join the action. That's DraftKings.com, slash JFM. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you so much for joining me. Again, Greg Hoops Peterson going to join us coming up here in a little more than 15 minutes as we break down the remaining parts of the Elite Eight and look forward to uh, the Final Four. As I said yesterday, and, and I know that uh, there's, a, there's a big contingent of people who don't want this Final Four of Duke, UNC, Kansas, and Villanova, but I do. Uh, I am... I am hardcore. Give me the biggest programs and the most notable names in the final four. Um, St. Peter's Miami final does absolutely nothing for me. Like literally it's a, to me, it's a game I don't even want to watch. Um, now as a gambler and a better, I will, but nonetheless, I don't think there's a lot of interest in that game. So give me, give me Duke Kansas in the final, give me Villanova UNC. I'm, I'm all about it. Like that to me is, is where we are. So we're halfway home for at least the final four that I am hoping for. Um, and a lot of that, too, is from a betting standpoint. I think those teams are easy to handicap. I think the 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 amount of variables I can eliminate and the amount of variance I can eliminate with those teams is a lot greater. And I think a lot of the, the struggles that many people have had, and we're going to get to the, the St. Peter's game, is nobody watches MAC basketball. Now, full disclosure, again, I do. Uh, the school that I went to, Loyola, Maryland, used to be in the MAC. They transferred over to the Patriot. But uh, I followed a lot of the MAC basketball uh, because of family members going to MAC schools, and it's right in the heart of the area where I grew up in that New York, uh, Long Island, Eastern Seaboard area. So a lot of those schools are, I'm quite familiar with, and I called games in that conference for 10 years. So uh, I have a little bit of an affinity for Metro Atlantic, MAC basketball, uh, not the Mid-American MAC, the other MAC. So uh, I, I'm a little bit familiar with a lot of these programs, but most people aren't. So that's a, it's a lot tougher to handicap those games when you don't really understand the style of basketball and the level of talent that uh, that, that league gets on a, on a routine basis. Uh, before we get to St. Peter's and UNC, let's start with Miami and Kansas. Uh, you're looking at a Kansas game where they are laying six points in a total of 147. You know, offensively, these teams are very statistically similar when it comes to points per game, field goal percentage, three-point percentage, effective field goal percentage, and assists. Like, offensively, these two teams match up with each other really well. Kansas has a huge advantage on the boards. Miami is number 334 in America in rebounding. In the tournament alone, through the three games that both these teams have played, Kansas is averaging 44.7 rebounds a game. Miami is averaging just 33. This is a huge, huge discrepancy. We talked about a discrepancy yesterday between Houston and Villanova, and that discrepancy was four. And I talked how much that that discrepancy bothered me and how much more Houston had an advantage on the boards. Houston didn't take advantage of it. I doubt that Kansas won't take advantage of this. I, I think that is a major, major plus for them 
is how much they can out-rebound Miami. Now, how does Miami counter that? Well, Miami takes the ball away a ton. Number 11 in American steals. Uh, they don't turn the ball over. They're number seven in fewest turnovers per game. Um, they don't make them. So this is a team here in Miami that will take the ball from you and doesn't give it back. That's how they counter the fact that they're going to get out-rebounded. In the tournament, Miami is averaging 11 steals per game in the tournament. Now, Kansas isn't exactly a team that is sloppy with the ball, but they're not exactly a team that necessarily takes care of it. They're very middle of the road. And because Kansas at times will push the pace, that could lead to more turnovers. Both of these teams are even in possessions per game, so it's not like one likes to run more than the other. Um, and, and here's the thing, and, and I think this is important to, to point out, uh, Miami shooting over the last 10 games, 46% from the field. Kansas is 43%. Uh, but in the three games in the tournament, this is strange for Miami. They are shooting 56% from two-point range, but just 23% from three-point range. And I say this to point this out because I think Kansas can turn this into, if they are making their threes, and Kansas is a good three-point shooting team, if they are making their threes, if Miami has any stretch where they're not making those twos at 56% and they start to take more threes, Kansas is going to easily be able to open up a bigger lead on this thing. And you start to watch these games where threes, they just seem to fall in love with it. If I'm Kansas, uh, I'm going to allow Miami to take three-pointers at the outset of this game. I'm going to, to almost dare them to take them. If they're shooting 23%, go ahead and take them. I'm going to prevent the easy shots from inside. I'm going to prevent the mid-range jumper. I'm going to force you to kick it out and take threes. And if they start missing them early, you know, it's a huge gamble. Because if they're making them, you're going to find yourself in a hole. But if they're missing them, it is going to be a huge advantage for Kansas early. I think when we talk about pace in this game, um, it's hard to figure out who it really favors. If it's up pace, will it favor Miami? Will it favor Kansas? I think this game boils down to whoever's defense plays better. And, and that's probably not a shocking, you know, uh, revelation for anybody. But, you know, whose defense can keep the other team at bay longer? That all said, uh, I'm not going to pick a side in this one. I am going to play the over. Uh, I expect a, f a fast pace. Uh, I expect, you know, I, I almost wanted to take the first half over as well. Figuring both these teams were going to get to the low, th low to mid-30s and get me, you know, to 70, uh, somewhere in that range. Um, and so I... I going to officially stay off it, but it would not shock me if that, that pace that they set. I certainly think that um, there is a propensity for some of these teams to play tighter in the first half than in the second. Um, you know, see Arkansas do uh, Arkansas, uh, uh, sorry, Villanova Houston from last night, rather, uh, and the way they played in the first half. There's a tendency sometimes that teams are a little bit tight um, because the, it's such a big game. It's such a big moment. Guys are a little bit nervous. So um, shots don't fall as easy. That's part of the reason why I'll stay away from the first half over. But uh, I would expect that both of these teams are going to play into the mid-30s in the first half, and the pace is going to push that. I, I, I've been following this sort of trend all year long in college hoops where I see two high-scoring teams. I don't fight it. I, I, we've done this plenty of times on Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday. I keep telling you, don't fight it. Ride it. Run into it. Uh, lean into the, the fact that both these teams want to score, and scoring will We'll get more scoring from the opponent. So the official play for me over the 147 between Miami and Kansas, I think it's going to be a good game. I'm not really sure who's going to win. I think Kansas wins, um, but whether they cover that six points is a whole different conversation. Uh, I just don't have a lot of faith in them uh, the way I've seen them play in this tournament. Now, again, the way they played against Providence, I understand why they didn't cover that number. Providence is a great defensive team. Miami is not. Miami is a okay defensive team at best. So that's not what they do. They just make a ton of shots. And if they're making them, they're always going to keep this thing close. So I'm, I'm hoping that Miami pushes Kansas to keep the pace going forward. And that's the way that game goes. All right, on to St. Peter's and UNC. Um, when I started looking at the numbers in this game, and, and I said this plain to our producer, Matt Ever, before the show, other than the fact that St. Peter's has had a top 20 defense in America all year long, and UNC has had a top 20 offense, when you start looking at numbers, there's literally no reason to compare these two teams because every metric tells you that UNC should kick their ass, period. There's not even – as soon as you start measuring things one-on-one, -on -one, rebounding, assists, whatever it is, turnover, UNC should destroy this team. And so you, obviously what you've seen from St. Peter's, you can't just lean into that and go, yeah, I'm going to back UNC. But there is a certain amount of 
as I've said, that St. Peter's has played over their heads and isn't playing to their their strengths or isn't playing to what their season averages are, that is starting to expose itself. St. Peter's throughout the year is a 70% free throw shooting team. In the tournament, they are making over 82% of their three free throws. That is going to come back to bite them because I don't think that's what's going to happen in this game. If they do it, I tip my cap to them. You know, again, this is a, a UNC team that on the year averaged 40 rebounds per game. In the tournament, they are averaging 47 rebounds. Why would that won't come back to bite them? Because they're not playing a team that matches up size-wise with them. They are a longer team. Go back to the Purdue game for St. Peter's. They were out-rebounded 37 to 26. Yet Purdue turned the ball over 15 times compared to St. Peter's eight. And that's ultimately what led them to lose that game. But UNC is going to out-rebound uh, St. Peter's. It's going to happen. Um, and even if UNC has a bad shooting night, which I don't think they will, even if they come back to earth a little bit on their shooting, they're still going to be able to be more athletic, um, and they're still going to be able to dominate on the glass if they take care of the basketball and don't lose the turnover battle 15-8, to eight, much like Purdue did against St. Peter's. They're going to win the game. Are they going to cover the eight? No, it's going to take them a performance consistent with what they've done in the first three games. And here we go. Against my better judgment, I'm going to back UNC and lay the eight. Is the run over? I don't know. Uh, it's not going to be a big play for me. I just, there's nothing for me. I can't just go on. I'm going to ride this wave for St. Peter's. I wasn't on it in the very beginning. Uh, I bet against them in the first round. I bet against them in the second round. Uh, I stayed off them in the Purdue game just because I wasn't going to step in front of the train. But I got up this morning and I started to think more about this thing. And after watching the way Duke played last night, it sort of has pushed me and implored me. Uh, that there is some semblance of destiny that Duke and UNC will make fun of. Them. So UNC minus eight for me. Coming up next, Greg Boots Peterson will join us to talk about this game and the other Elite Eight matchup next here on Point Spread Sunday on VC, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. The KFC chicken sandwich is served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. Welcome back, Game of Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zeno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zeno, M A R K Z I N N O. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us as we get set to round up the Elite Eight and lock up the Final Four for this year's College Basketball National Championship. Here to talk about the games today and recap some of last night, Greg Hoops Peterson joins us once again this morning. Good morning, Greg, and thanks again for being here. Mark, great to have you. Great to be aboard. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Villanova got us to the window yesterday uh, and, and cash for us. I was very happy about that. Uh, I'm just curious about your level of surprise about the way Houston played. You know, again, people are talking about the free throws, and I get it. They're talking about one for 20 from three, and I get it. But what surprised me more than anything is that Houston did not dominate on the glass. That was my big concern going into the game yesterday where I thought they had a huge advantage, and they did not take advantage of it against a smaller Villanova team. I do agree with you. And with Villanova, I think that they've surprised a lot of people on the glass because a lot of people had that fear in their game against Michigan as well because Hunter Dickinson, seven foot one. A lot of people were saying that that was going to be a little bit of a mismatch. And Hunter Dickinson wound up getting his in that game. But Villanova was able to do a relatively solid job. And Villanova is just flat out playing really good defense right now. This is not the same team that we wound up seeing at the beginning of the season in November, December when they were dropping games out of conference. Jay Wright. One of the best coaches in all of college basketball. He's backing it up once again. Now, that Justin Moore injury, that is very gruesome to say the least. But you take a look at this Villanova team. They're doing their best work on defense of the season right now. They're playing even up on glass. And we've got a fifth-year senior like Colin Gillespie being able to run the show. That gives you a chance to be able to win every single night. Duke looks like a team that is ready to win the national championship. They looked phenomenal last night. Uh, they just outclassed Arkansas, outshot Arkansas, outathletic, if that's even a word, <laughs> Arkansas. Uh, they, they looked phenomenal last night, and their defense finally looks like they're starting to come around. Yep, it had been a little bit of a concern for Duke coming into the game, the fact that they had allowed 73-plus points in six out of their last seven games. And the guy that is really standing out to me right now for Duke, Mark Williams, 
12 points, 12 rebounds, three blocks in the game yesterday, and three plus blocks. And now four out of the last five games, he's really been a dominator down low. Paulo Boncaro obviously gets a lot of the headlines because he's going to be a top five overall pick. And Jeremy Roach has been able to step up for the team as well. But I really take a look at Mark Williams, and he's been a guy that has really been able to make this team very strong down low, a guy that's able to give you a bunch of rebounds. When he's able to help you win the rebound battle, that does make Duke a very fearsome force. And with having to take on either an eight or a 15 seed in the final four, that should be able to put them in relatively good shape to be able to make a title game as well. Yeah, uh, and look, I, I I thought I and I said this earlier. I I think Duke actually would rather see UNC than St. Peter's, just for the familiarity's sake and understanding who the opponent is and knowing how to beat them. Uh, but that's a different conversation. But let's talk about St. Peter's and UNC. I, I said it earlier, Greg, that like metrically, when you look at these two teams, there's literally no reason to compare them because every metric says UNC should kick their ass. Like it, it's not even close. Uh, but yet, you know, a lot of us have stepped in front of the St. Peter's train along the way and have been on the wrong side of it. Uh, I just think that one thing is going to show up tonight in this game, and that's St. Peter's free throw shooting, which during the season was 70 percent. They've been shooting over 82 percent during the tournament. That's something I think that will come back to them. And I don't think that UNC will, will turn the ball over as much as Purdue did in this game. I do agree with you. I think that North Carolina is going to do a better job of being able to take care of the ball. You do have a couple similarities with both of these teams, though, in that Purdue, not a team that's going to force a lot of turnovers. North Carolina, in terms of turnovers, force one away from home. They're in the bottom 10 in all of college basketball as well. Both of these teams wind up having a dominant big man. You have Zach Eady, who's seven foot four, just a giant of the earth for Purdue. And then Armando Baycoat. I mean, what more could be said about him? 16 and a half points, 12 and a half rebounds. So, Honestly, when it comes to a matchup, it's not too dissimilar to Purdue. And with St. Peter's, the one thing that they do really well is that they guard the three-point arc. Opponents are shooting below 30% against them. Now, I think that North Carolina is going to be able to get to the Final Four. I think that we're going to get Coach K going up against North Carolina out there in New Orleans. And boy, oh boy, ratings for that game. The NCAA is going to be very happy about that. But I take a look at the St. Peter's team, and it's just such a tricky handicap here because... I mean, for one, if you've ever handicapped an eight versus a 15 seed game in the elite eight of the NCAA tournament, let me know because this is the first one I've ever seen. But with that said, I do think that it's a spot in which you've got the team that metrically is so much better, a team in North Carolina that does a great job on offense, but you've got the ultimate momentum team here with St. Peter's, a team that has been able to improve leaps and bounds probably more than any team I've ever seen offensively in the NCAA tournament, I'm going to wind up taking eight and a half here with St. Peter's. I think that they're going to be able to keep this game snug. I don't think that they wind up winning it outright, but I think that's a spot in which St. Peter's going to be able to hang in there with the way that they've been able to guard the three-point shot. Yeah, and, and listen, I'm not mad at anybody who wants to back St. Peter's here. If I am if I'm Hubert Davis, I am going to have patience in this game. It is Armando Beku all the way for me. I'm not going to shoot the three. I'm going to force the ball inside. St. Peter's is a team that fouls way too much, and I would put their big big guys in trouble and just have Beku work with his back to the basket nonstop. I mean, again, 17 and 10, 15 and 16, 14 and 15 for Beku. I would lean on him uh, to do to to do what he normally does to to leverage uh, UNC in this game. Yep, and it's a case of which Armando Baycott going to have the size advantage in this game. One thing for St. Peter's is that Casey Udafu did wind up leading all of college basketball to guards blocks per game last season, but the Metro Atlantic in comparison to the ACC, there is no comparison. The big men that you're going to find out there in the Metro Atlantic, they're typically right around three inches shorter than you're going to find in the ACC. They're just not as built with regards to muscle as well. So I'm right there with you. If I'm Hubert Davis, you don't wind up falling into the trap of, what you wound up having a little bit earlier in the season. And even in that game against UCLA, because the reason why North Carolina is in this spot is because Caleb Love went bonkers from three-point range. You don't want to be having to bank on that again because a couple missed shots, and the longer that St. Peter's hangs in this game, the more the crowd gets into it, the more that they wind up leaving. If you're North Carolina, you want to bury the slipper. You want to just have it completely gone. You want this game double digits at the half. Because the longer St. Peter's hangs in this game, the more you wind up getting into the danger zone. 
Yeah, uh, and again, I already wrote UNC on my bracket, so uh, there, lock it in. Uh, and you say Baycott, I say Baku, whatever, tomato, tomato, you know how it goes. You're probably right, and I'm wrong. Anyway, on to the other uh, game in the Elite Eight, Miami and Kansas. A little bit tougher of a handicap here. Uh, these teams are very statistically similar offensively. Um, but again, this is a spot here where I, the one thing I noticed – Miami shooting 56% from two-point range in this tournament so far in their three games, but just 23% from three. If I'm Kansas, and full I'm on the over in this game. If I'm Kansas, though, I'm almost daring them at the outset of this game to start taking threes. Yep, and with Miami, you just mentioned it. The fact that they're 13 of 55 from three-point range in the NCAA tournament. And with Kansas, they've also been very stout in regards to two-point shooting as well. Opponents are shooting right around 37%. From two-point range with regards to the NCAA tournament, I think that Miami is going to be able to hang in there because what they do a great job of is turning defense into offense. They do allow opponents to be able to hit some threes. They do allow opponents to be able to have a little bit of advantage on the glass, and that's where Kansas is really going to be able to hurt them. Miami, 331st in college basketball with regards to percentage of their misses that they wind up getting a rebound on. But when you're able to get live ball turnovers and you're able to turn those into layups, I think that that's really going to be key for Miami. In terms of steals force on a per possession basis, they're number nine in all of college basketball. And they turn the ball over nine and a half times per game and they get nearly nine live ball turnovers per game. I think that that's really what is going to be able to keep Miami in this game. They did a solid job of that against Iowa State. They had a couple more turnovers than they would like in that game. But with the active hands of Miami, I do think that they're going to be able to hold in this game. The big question that you do have with Hurricanes, though, are they going to be able to just not win the battle down low, but be able to play relatively even up because David McCormick coupled with Jalen Wilson combining for 14 and a half rebounds per game. That's a big fear that you have with the Hurricanes. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I am hopeful that Miami can set a pace early if someone's taking the over uh, that will force Kansas to just play a little bit more fast than, than ideal for them. Again, Kansas can score. I don't think there's the issue. Uh, and it's a question really of how much Kansas can, can limit Miami offensively. But uh, does the pace favor one team over the other in this game if it's fast? I would honestly say my favor Kansas a little bit more because Kansas, they're right around 95th to 100th with regards to possessions per game. And while Miami is a team that they're very efficient on offense, they're more around 225th with regards to total possessions per game. So if you look at an actual pace standpoint, Miami's been playing a little bit slower. So I do think that that's a little bit of an interesting parallel between these two teams with Miami. They're a team that they like to set up their offense a little bit more. They typically are a little bit better from three-point range. So I think that that's going to be something to watch out for because Miami first two games of the tournament, dreadful from three-point range. And that game against Iowa State, they were able to bury nine triples. Yeah, get your popcorn in this one. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Greg Hoops Peterson, always a pleasure. Enjoy the games this evening, and I'm sure we'll talk to you as we get into the Final Four. Thanks for the time, as always. Mark, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you. Well, talk today. Going to be an interesting one between Miami and Kansas. Again, uh, not on a side on that one. I'll take the over. And yes, I, I already wrote UNC in my bracket. So therefore, I am I I think it's so UNC into the Final Four. It's destiny. Coming up next, NFL destiny. Uh, who's going to win each division? We'll give you some odds and break down there as well. That's next on Point Spread Sunday. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4. Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is Point Spread Sunday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Wendy's Breakfast is the official breakfast of March Madness. Every day, choose from Wendy's stack starting lineup like the Breakfast Baconator, Croissant Combos, or Hot and Cold Coffee. And like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends. Oven baked sizzling bacon, fresh cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and a Simply OJ to bring it all home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive-thru. Pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast of March Madness, and choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Welcome back in to Point Spread Sunday here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. I'm Mark Zinno. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mark Zinno, M-A-R-K-Z-I-N-N-O. Uh, coming up for the end of the show next hour, I'll have my official plays and predictions for today. We got some NBA games to get into. Also, Major League Baseball, about a week away before the start of the season. We'll look at some futures for not only World Series and division winners, but also Cy Young, MVP, and the like. So we'll start to turn our attention to Major League Baseball here as college basketball wraps up uh, within the next week. So uh, sad time of year as March Madness comes to a close and the calendar turns April, but we get baseball coming up. All right, uh, let's turn our attention now to the NFL here as the odds continue to move uh, as free agency and trades and deals continue to go on here and taking a look at each of the divisions and the odds for each divisional winner starting in the AFC. Uh, the Bills are, I think, the one team Packers. Uh, that are minus money to win their division. Everybody else is plus money, but it's the Bills minus 190 uh, to win the AFC East. And you have the Dolphins and the Patriots at plus 400 and the Jets at 25 to one. You know, again, you're, it's not, you're not a bad bet for taking the Bills. It, it, do you want to lay two to one? No, you don't. Uh, I, I don't think you want to pay that much. It's, it's not really ever a smart bet from a value perspective, but um, is it worth it to take the Dolphins? Yeah, you could argue it may be. Um, given what they, they've put together and the, the roster that they put together, there certainly is a reason to back them uh, at four to one. I would not back the Patriots. I don't think they have enough firepower at this point. I haven't seen enough progression from Mac Jones. Um, this is a division I'd likely stay away from for futures. There's no reason to back the Jets whatsoever. Uh, the, the Patriots don't give me enough offensively for me, to, for me to believe that they could overtake both the Dolphins offense, which Again, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be incredibly dynamic uh, because of who the quarterback is, but it's certainly not good enough to overtake the Patriots. We saw what the Patriots did to them last year. I don't think there's any reason to think that, uh, I'm sorry, we saw what the Bills did to the Patriots last year. There's no reason to believe that the Patriots would overtake the Bills now. Uh, it's a division I'd stay away from. The AFC West, this is to me one of those divisions where I think it's wise to place a wager. Uh, given that all four of these teams could easily win the division, uh, you have to feel you have to look for where you find the best value. However, I tell you, the Chiefs at plus 160 is not a bet that I would make. There will be some regression. Uh, there's a lot of people who just think it's a fait accompli that the Chiefs are going to win the division again, um, and they very very well may do that. But it's not where I'd want to put my money. Uh, would I back Russell Wilson? Yes. Uh, do I think that the Broncos defense has, is good enough to be able to win this division? Absolutely. Do I trust the Chargers? No. Uh, if It's crazy for me to say this, and I know people are going to roll their eyes and they'd say they're nuts. I don't know that Justin Herbert is what everybody says he is. And what I mean by that is, is the guy who is a top five quarterback in this league, he's super talented. So is Joe Burrow. I'm not backing the Bengals to win the AFC North in a tough division like that. Joe Burrow, I think, is a great quarterback. He's young, but he's still at the very beginning of this thing. 
Justin Herbert had a great rookie year. He had a good year last year, and his numbers were good. But does that mean his team is good enough to win? Now, again, they've added some major pieces, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. They get Khalil Mack. That is a huge lift for them from a pass rush standpoint. They already have a very talented defense as it is. But I would ask you, what happened to the team last year? Why weren't they as competitive as they were the year before? There's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, they do play in an incredibly tough division. Uh, and winning close games, I just it's not, a, it's not an indictment of Justin Herbert's talent. I just want to see a little bit more before I'm going to put my money on it. There's a big difference between fantasy football and and uh, making an individual wager on a game than a future that I'm going to put on a on a quarterback who's relatively unproven in the big picture at this point. Do I trust Russell Wilson more in the big picture than Justin Herbert? Yes, I'll put my money there. Uh, and you guys know my thoughts on the Raiders. If you've watched or listened to Point Spread Saturday or Point Spread Sunday, the Raiders absolutely would get my money, especially at six to one. Um, you know, they were at 10 to one. I told you guys earlier in the year, 10 to one to go back and to win the division. Once the Devontae Adams thing came in there, and I'll say it again, save the tape. Derek Carr is going to get MVP votes this year. It, it's going to happen. Uh, this is a, this is a, a team and an offense that should be top five. If they're not, they've had major injuries or, or uh, Josh McDaniels has caused this thing to totally be a hot mess, garbage dumpster fire, uh, which I don't believe will be the case, but uh, it certainly, you know, wouldn't shock anybody given Josh McDaniel's track record that that that's how things would go down. So again, I can back the Raiders. I can back the Broncos. Uh, I, the other two teams wouldn't get my money. AFC North, like I told you, I'm not backing the Bengals. Um, I'm not backing the Browns to win the division. Why? Because at this point, I still believe Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended by the NFL for a certain number of games. What that is, I'm not really sure. I would guesstimate six to eight. Um, and if you're playing half your season or 40% of your season without Deshaun Watson at quarterback, I'm not going to back you to win the division. Would I take futures to win the Super Bowl or win the AFC? Yes, that's different because, again, he can come in for the second half of the season, light things up, get the team on the right path, get a hot run through the playoffs. But to win the division, no. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it's worth my money without knowing whether he's going to be able to play all 17 games. The Ravens are the team that gets my money. At plus 225, they are the most consistent team. Uh, they are the, 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 I don't know if they have the best roster. I, I think they're extremely talented. But again, last year, this was a team that put more guys on injured reserve than any other team in the NFL. As long as the injury bug doesn't bite them again in that same way, they should be good enough to win this division once again. And I, I think we're undervaluing the Ravens. I think it's a great chance to get some value out of Baltimore, uh, a team that's incredibly well-coached, veteran-laden. Uh, obviously, Lamar Jackson, a former MVP. There's no reason to believe that his play is going to fall off at any point in time. And uh, it, the Steelers aren't even worth it at this point when you put Mitch Trubisky there. I, I just... Will they be competent? Sure. Will they win games? Absolutely. Could they be above 500? I think they will be. But to win this division, I'm not putting my money on Mitch Trubisky to do it. So uh, we can move on from that. AFC South, Colts at plus 110, Titans 130, Jaguars at plus 650, Texans at 22 to 1. Uh, no value with the Colts and the Titans at all. So no reason to put money there. I don't think the Jaguars will take this big leap that everybody else thinks they're going to. Uh, even though Doug Peterson is the coach and, and they've made some good moves this offseason, they still have the top pick in the draft. Where are they going to go with it? Uh, are they good enough to overtake Colts and Titans? No. Uh, so this is a complete stay away of this division. I don't see any value in it at all. On to the NFC. Cowboys minus 115. Eagles plus 350. The Commanders at plus 400. And the uh, New York football Giants puke. For me, honestly, I would give my money uh, to Washington. And, and I've said this repeatedly about this, and if you watch the show, you heard me say it, I'll say it again. Me backing Washington here isn't about Carson Wentz. It's about my belief that Ron Rivera has fixed the defense. Two years ago, that Washington, at the time, football team defense was outstanding, uh, top five in the league, and they were a very competitive team and made the playoffs. They had a bad quarterback, and they were poor offensively. Last year, uh, they didn't necessarily solve the quarterback position, but their defense was in the bottom third of the league. They were just a bad defense last year. They didn't play up to the level of what their talent was. Backing Washington is about that defense getting fixed. If that defense returns to form and is even top 12, if they're one of the top 12 defenses in the league, with Carson Wentz at quarterback, that they're more than competent enough to win the division. Uh, and again, Cowboys, I, I miss them as minus money. I'd take Washington just getting four to one. Uh, NFC West, are you wrong for betting any of those top three teams between the Rams, Niners, and Cardinals? No. They're all worthwhile of getting your money. Um, they, there's absolutely no reason to, to think that any one of those is a bad bet. Uh, I would just take the Cardinals because they get the best value. Do I hate Cliff Kingsbury as a coach? Yes, I think he's awful. 
Uh, and I can't believe that the Arizona Cardinals gave him an extension. He's a terrible in-game coach. Uh, he's part of the reason why this team hasn't gotten over the hump. He's the reason why they got smoked in the playoffs last year. His preparation is bad consistently. Kyler Murray and a whole bunch of talented players like DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, and, and James Conner have been bailing him out repeatedly. Uh, and smart minds know that. So uh, it's hard for me to give Arizona my money because of Cliff Kingsbury, but just based off the value there at three to one, I don't think it's a terrible bet. Uh, NFC North, it's Vikings or nothing for me. Uh, I, I, as I've said, along with Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins is criminally underrated. He's not the problem. You can say he's not the solution, but he's certainly not the problem in Minnesota on why they don't win more. Uh, and so with the, the, that plus 275, yeah, I would absolutely give him my money. Do I trust Justin Fields to do anything yet? No. I don't. Um, he, he's a little bit in over his head at times, and so can't do it there. Um, and in the NFC South, there is no reason to give the Buccaneers your money uh, unless uh, at, at minus 280. And there's certainly no reason to give anybody else your money in that division because everybody else is going to stink. And I can't believe they actually have the Panthers at longer odds than the Falcons, who may have the worst roster in the NFL. So uh, those are your NFL futures uh, looking at the division layout and where those things could go. Uh, a lot more moves to be made in the NFL. Let's see how the rest of the quarterback carousel shakes and where Baker Mayfield ends and if odds change from there. All right, coming up next, uh, we'll pivot from the NFL to Major League Baseball. Look at futures there before we get back to college hoops. Our number two of Point Spread Sunday coming up next. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.